Hello, America. I'm Robert Reese, and welcome to the CEO Show. We're here today with Sunira Madhani, and Sunira is the founder as well as CEO of Stax Payments. So let's talk about this incredible organization because right now you um, are the uh, the top ten fastest fintech growing companies. You process over twenty three billion dollars, and you started just in. 2014. So you're less than a decade and you're already a unicorn. So talk about what your original vision was for Stacks. Thank you, Robert, for having me. And hello, America, as well. <laughs> when you said that, I'm like, yes, we're talking to everybody. I'm so excited to be here and telling, you know, sharing my story about Stacks. So when I started Stacks in 2014, you said it so like eloquently, like it's only been 10 years. And for me, I'm like, geez, it's been 10 years. So it has been a decade of my life and it has been the most exciting and challenging decade. And it's, I started the company in 2014 to disrupt the payment industry. My background, I was working for a payment processor, credit card processing, and just didn't like, you know, the way that the industry was. There was no technology. Small businesses were just taken advantage of. And I just saw so much opportunity in where the digital space was headed. And there weren't a lot of players trying to go capture this future market that was there in payments. And so I actually, Robert, you know this about me, you know my story. I was a reluctant entrepreneur and I did not, you know, I didn't know how to go start a company, right? I'm 25 years old, no money in my bank account. And I have this idea and I'm working for a payments processor. And I take this idea back to my old company because I was like, man, this could be so revolutionary for for my company. And it ends up getting rejected. And then here we are a decade later, 23 billion payments processing and a billion in value. So it has been quite the journey. But from a vision standpoint, Stacks is an integrated payments processor. So what we do is integrated payments, credit card processing for small business, large business, as well as integrated payments for SaaS companies to provide a payment experience for their customers. And so we are a technology company and a fintech provider to enable payments and commerce um, in a really simple way. And more than simple, you call it radical simplicity, right? Talk about that because that created a whole new customer experience model, which helped the company grow so quickly. There's so much complexity in every industry. And so I love this conversation because I think it applies to whatever industry, you know, the CEOs listening are in. There's so much complexity in our processes and our tools and our technology. And I think that's something that innovators and disruptors try to do is to radically simplify a solution set. It's not just about solving the problem. Um, it's really about the simplification of how do we make it so seamless and so easy and I think payments is one of those things that is so complex, even to, in today's world, whether you are, uh, you know, a small business, a large business, like you have to accept payments the way that consumers want to pay. And now that's through a multitude of solutions, right? That's through digital payments, e-commerce, in-person, mobile, you name it, then you got to integrate it into your tool sets. So there's a lot of complexity and there has been a lot of complexity in finance and in in the payment uh, ecosystem and all the hands that it also trades. We wanted to bring that complexity and radically, when I say radical simplification, it really is to make it so seamless um, and unified. And that same problem that we solved for small businesses, we actually learned that there's so many brilliant software companies that are enabling simplification 
through their software, right? So we've got so many great verticalized softwares, you know, um, that, you know, for veterinarian practice, uh, for legal services, right? You've got these great tool sets and verticalized softwares that are coming. They also need payment enablement for their customers, but payments was just so complex. And so we really solved that through our API and are competing head to head with the, the greatest giants like Stripe and, you know, kicking butt. So uh, radical simplification, it's truly transformative, not only for our business, but for the businesses that we serve. In a few minutes, we're going to talk about VC, the gap, how you raise the money. But the first thing I want to ask you is, you know, at 25 years old, were there any leaders or people who you learned from that gave you insight that helped you in your early stages? Because like you and I have spoken about before, there are many stages from startup to the first million to 100 million. Now you're over a billion in valuation. Any, anyone who really inspired you? Definitely. If you, you know, want to go fast, you go alone. If you want to go far, you go together. And I'm a huge proponent in asking for help. And I think that's one of the reasons I think that has set me apart with the success that I have today. I'm not afraid to raise my hand and say, how do we solve this to get the right people in the room? And, but I will say that it's hard to find also the right leadership and mentorship as well. This is why forums like these are so important and building these connections are so important. But in my early stages, I actually have a mentor that is still one of my mentors today. And his name is Asif Ramji. He uh, led a, a payments company as well, sold his company for half a billion to WorldPay. And just his journey in like the, the fintech ecosystem was a few years ahead of mine. He was in a different vertical, in a different, you know, a different set of technology. But, you know, I was pretty lucky, I would say, to find a mentor that was able to not only just be a mentor in business, but was an active CEO just a few years ahead of me. And so in real time, I felt like I was learning in real time of while I was scaling from zero to a million, you know, he was scaling from five to 10. And then when I was scaling in that, it was, you know, so I've been in his footsteps. And actually yesterday we had, we still do a monthly check-in. Uh, and so we had our monthly check-in and now he's retired. And so he's, he's, you know, he's done, he sold his company. He's, you know, actively sits on dozens of boards now. And it's just, you know, I was telling him, like, I can't wait to also be on that other side, not in retirement, but, you know, exiting the company when the time comes. And so I definitely have had amazing mentors along the way and some that I still have today. That sounds terrific. I, I, I want to go now into this whole thing of raising money. A lot of people want to know about it. There you are, you're 25 years old. What were the challenges you faced and how did you actually do it? And now you obviously have everyone's coming to you with money because they want to invest because Stacks Payments is such a huge success. What was it like in the early days and what did you learn from that? It was hard. I mean, entrepreneurship is not for everyone. I mean, there's so much rejection and so much hardship and you just have to keep going. Like that was kind of the mentality that I had. I mean, you know, the challenges were so many, so many, Robert. First, I would start off with one, just being taken seriously, right? With your age, with such a large industry, being a woman, being a woman of color. I didn't have a network. I didn't come from um, affluence or, you know, attend a, you know, an Ivy League school. I didn't understand. I didn't even know enough about venture capital. I was just building a business. And the business was scaling faster than I could keep up with. Like, there was so much opportunity and I knew I needed funding to go support that opportunity. And so first I would say the biggest challenge was not knowing that there is the capital out there. 
And then two, the biggest challenge is having access, not just access to the capital, but even having access to get into the room to ask for the capital. There is a huge gap in venture capital, even today in 2022. So we're talking 10 years ago, and there's been so much progress that has been made um, for, you know, advocacy of, you know, women founders and, and minority founders and ensuring that there's equitable capital at the table. But the gap, I mean, in 2022, still less than 3% of the capital that was out there went to female founded companies, right? Less than 1% went to minority founders. And so although there's dialogue, although there's these conversations taking place, the gap is so disparate. And and it was it is hard. It was hard and it's still hard. We just came off of the big unicorn announcement. We raised $245 million for our Series D. And I would say that it doesn't get easier. You just get better, right? And I think that the more you practice anything, uh, I've just gotten better in my own, in my, you know, in my own pitches, being two steps ahead of the questions, you know, having to getting the right people in the room, solving for the right things. So I think as we've scaled, I've been able to to prove the business. And I think that that was the one thing that I had always was that our business was successful and that execution was the thing that mattered. And Robert, I'm going to say that like one thing that I've also learned is that men are given capital for their potential, while women are given capital for what they've done. And so for me, I've always had to prove myself with the business. And it wasn't that I was like selling a vision. I already had a business that was exceeding every SaaS KPI in the market. And so I was able to secure the capital. It definitely wasn't easy. I've got a lot of scars on my back. I've got a lot of stories to tell. And uh, it is not an equitable world, I will also say. And that is a huge point we're going to take a commercial break on. And when we come back, we're going to hear the critical answer, advice to women. Yes. Back in a few minutes. Thank you. Hi, welcome back to CEO Show. We're here right now with Sunir Madhani, who is the CEO and founder of Stax Payments. As you know, one of the fastest growing fintech companies. Now, you've spoken a lot, Sunira, about women in terms of the VC gap and in terms of the challenges. And you were 25 years old when you started the company. Talk about what advice you have to women. So first, I was gonna, I'm going to say that nothing bad happens when women make more money. It is truly better for the world, right? That is 100% proven uh, from women make for better portfolio companies for investors. We actually drive the economic pockets of this country as well. And when you think about software and products that we use, how do you leave out an entire 50% of the people that actually utilize the products and services if they don't have a say at the table? So we're not building the right products and tool sets if we pretty much leave out an entire gender out of the equation in the making of products and services. And so it is not just important for women, it is important for business. It is important for our economy to have a more equitable distribution for women in leadership, women founded companies, and the support to grow um, their businesses through the capital and the needs that companies need, whether you are women founded or not, right? Companies need capital to grow and scale. So it's super important. And yes, at the age of 25, when I started the company, I am now 35. Um, and so it took a decade of building this, but so many lessons along the way. And my advice to women is that 
honestly, you will be underestimated at first. Like don't play the victim is the biggest advice. I used to feel, you know, why me? Or I'm not getting this opportunity and look at how they're passing me up and I'm not even getting this. And, you know, I was pregnant two times fundraising as well. So, you know, you and I were just chatting. I started this company at the age of 25. Stacks was my first baby. I got married, you know, at the age of 30, I had my first daughter. And so I fundraised while pregnant for both, you know, as this company has scaled. And now my daughters are six and three, Mila and Anna. And so it's been an amazing journey and a really hard journey also to add motherhood um, as a CEO, which we'll probably save that for another show. But for women, my advice to you is to know your business and to just keep going, girl. And like, do not take no for an answer. And if if they don't understand you, if you don't get that opportunity, you're not going to get invited to have a seat at the table. So we have to build our own and go find the tables. There are tables that want women at the table, that want underestimated. And when I say just women, I'm talking to women plus, I'm talking to, you know, LGBTQ founders, I'm talking to uh, minority founders, I'm talking to what I call the underrepresented founder. There are spaces where there is collaboration and there is, um, there is opportunity and just keep fighting the good fight and build a great business because when you build a great business, they will come and they'll pay attention, but it is not equitable and it is hard and find yourself a community that supports you through this process. One of my biggest learnings, Robert, was that it was just so lonely. It was lonely. And I know many CEOs probably tell you this, it gets lonelier at the top, but it gets even lonelier as like a woman at the top with like no women to turn to. I mean, it's such a boys club. And so it got even more lonelier for me as a woman, as a mother. And, you know, being a brown woman, I don't see any CEOs that look like me. So it gets, it gets tough. So find yourself a tribe, a community that's really there to support you. It's a huge part of my journey. And you can send me a DM if you need a community. We've got, you know, you can, you can definitely, you can find me, Sanera Madani, and uh, I'll find you a community. That is true inspiration. Here's what I'm curious about. Time management. How do you manage it? Because you are being pulled in every which way and you're growing so quickly. What advice do you have people as your, as your world triples and quadruples in what you're accomplishing to actually manage your time and feel relaxed as well? Well, I would say that I'd like to take my own advice and the advice that I give. It's seasonal, right? I would say that the biggest advice that I have for time management is a lesson I learned so late. It's the power of no. The power of no gives you the ability to have the best yeses. Right. So if you could say no to something, it's not about saying no. It, it gives you the opportunity to say, say yes to the things that you love or that are important to you. So I have a rule. I call it the three bucket principle. And so every season, why I say season, because my life is pretty much all work. I define my life in quarters. Right. And I think even the world is defined in quarters. Right. You've got your seasons, even they're divided into quarters. So business and the world and everything's all the same. Right. So when you think about the quarter ahead in your life and what season it is in today, you know, always have your three buckets. You can't have more than three buckets. So for me, you know, it's work, it's stacks and my family, that's a major bucket. And then I have my community and uh, my podcast CEO school where I empower women. I've got this amazing, like my impact, right? So I've got impact, I've got family and I've got, you know, my company. And so if anything else doesn't fall under those three buckets, it's a no, it's a no, not now. Right. So, and there's so much opportunity that comes when you are growing and scaling and 
you have to make sure that it's additive to that bucket. Otherwise, you have to say no and pass on it. So it's a really hard and simple rule that if it's not in one of those three categories, I have to say no to other things. And then also from a time management perspective, I think as women and as a mother, and I think this goes to all parents like juggling work-life balance and where we are today in this you know crazy world of this on-demand economy, there's so much that there needs to get done at the speed at which it needs to get done you know, don't be too hard on yourself on having like this perfect work-life balance. I truly, I'm probably going to get canceled out of your show, Robert, for saying this, but I don't believe in work-life balance. I believe in what I call work-life integration. And so at the end of the week, okay, if I have filled all three of my buckets at whatever capacity, maybe it's, I'm at a conference and it's, I'm away from my family, but it's two days of amazing stuff that's happening for stacks. And I got to be all in and I'm not filling the impact bucket. I'm not filling my family bucket. But when I get back and I know 100% of my weekend is dedicated to that quality time to fill that bucket with my family and my kids. And, you know, I have to make sure that over the end of the week, right, I'm balanced. And if I look at it from like a zoom out perspective on a week, I feel like I lead a very balanced life in filling my buckets. And you can tell which buckets that you're, you know, overfilling or underfilling, but don't be so hard on yourself and try to do everything every single day. It for a growing and scaling CEO, it's impossible. We all only have 24 hours. So I try to do it in those buckets. I try to do it weekly and I try to zoom out for the season. Everyone, you just received a PhD on leadership, on how to be a great leader, knowing how to say no, never being the victim, and also having your buckets and, and, and looking at the bigger picture of integration. Well, final question is, if someone wants to know about Stacks Payments, what is the website? Stackspayments.com. So really simple. It's stackspayments.com. You can check us out. You can follow me on LinkedIn. So I know we've got a lot of great CEO listeners here. You could follow along. So Sanira Madani on any social channel, I'm all over. And then all our links to Stacks, to the podcast, to signing up, to everything is you know from one of our social channels. So follow us at Stacks Payments, Sanira Madani. And you can find us across all the channels. And I hope you guys tune in too. I've got an amazing uh, weekly podcast where I interview female founders. So if you are a woman listening to the show today, I invite you to come in and join. Um, It's also called the CEO School. So really similar to Robert here where our passions are. And so come listen in. And it's how I built this for women. And so that we can all defy the odds together. And there you have it. Great having you on the CEO Show. Thank you so much, Robert. This was such a pleasure. I appreciate you. Um, having me and sharing our story of stocks. 